Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we look at the anniversaries for your favorite TV shows and movies. I am your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and I am joined by, as always, my brother, Josh Sarnecki. Josh, say hi. Hey, what's going on? Hi, Josh. Uh, <laughs> so, um, like I said, we talk about your favorite TV show and movies whenever there's an anniversary that pops up for them. Uh, this time, we will be looking at the 25th anniversary of the series finale of Batman the Animated Series, which um, I would think most Batman fans, and even just like most animation fans, would consider to be a classic Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's I widely regard it as one of the best animated series of all time. Right. Not just for Batman, but for anything. Right. So it's 25 years since the show went off the air, give or take. We're recording this a little bit late. Uh, our podcast schedule got kind of mixed up, but it, it's what's important is it's been 25 years. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, um the episode is called the lion and the unicorn. It, um, it's sort of an interesting episode to be the last episode. Um, though, uh, when Josh and I were talking before, uh, we started recording, um, this kind of is the last episode, but kind of also isn't the last episode. Um, so it was the last episode that aired, but like, uh, Jackie Chan Adventures, which we talked about a couple months ago, it was not the last episode that was made. Right. Which makes it a little confusing, especially consider, at least for Jackie Chan, well, for, for Jackie Chan, it was confusing, like you mentioned earlier, Aaron, because the uh, there's some continuity um, glitches with, with that mix-up. Uh, but for this... I mean, it doesn't matter what order you watch them in, um, but this is the um, this is the last episode that aired, but it's only the 77th out of 85 episodes made. So in terms of production numbers, it's it came it was made a lot earlier than um, the final episode made. Right. And this um this this came after what um they they released a bunch of episodes in 94 and then they took like a big hiatus until like September of 95 right yeah it was really weird so they they released um so many episodes in May of 94 um and then they did a few more in September November of 94 but they they changed the title actually in the way it was marketed from Batman the animated series to um, the Adventures of Batman and Robin and they changed the title um, and then once those episodes had premiered for some reason they didn't show the final five until September of ninety five so I, I we were both too young to know what the uh, the rollout of these episodes would have been like but it was very stop and start and odd and it's it's a little unclear why it was like that except um the, the biggest thing is that they wanted robin to be more prominently featured well and that's i think why they made that i think it, it makes sense as far as um when it comes to these kid shows um 
toys and selling toys is a big part of, you know, it's, you, you know, what is it considered success? You know, how many toys did you sell from the show? Um, so I think you can only sell so many toys of Batman. You can sell twice as many toys if you have Batman and Robin. <laughs> I, I suppose that's that's one look. I mean, uh, and if you even was... look. So I was going to say for the the spinoff slash sequel slash end of this series that isn't part of the series, uh, the new Batman adventures, um, they did that partially because uh, they wanted to include more Batgirl and they wanted to sell more Batgirl toys, apparently. that's And I was actually I just about to say that's probably why the sequel series has a bigger cast. It has Batman and Robin and Batgirl and Nightwing. Those are four different heroes. Um, and, it, you know, before that, you know, you had Batman. And even in the earlier episodes, Robin only showed up a little bit in this one. Um, so what are you going to do? Self Alfred toys? Uh, I'd buy an Alfred toy. Uh, but yeah, totally. um, that's uh, that was a situation. Um, I think we actually did have a couple Batman the Animated Series uh, toys. I remember having a Robin toy. We may have. It's it's hard because so many of those toys were, you know, I, it's hard to remember if they were from the the Schumacher movies, if they were from the animated series, if they were just generic Batman toys. It all kind of blends together in right. my memory. But talking about our relationship with the show, um, we would have only been like three when this episode aired. Um, so I believe we caught most of this show um on reruns on Cartoon Network in like the late 90s early 2000s. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't particularly remember watching it or on Fox when it's originally right? aired on Fox. Yeah, I, I think we would have been too young to watch it then. So, we probably didn't catch it until it was um reruns on Cartoon Network and um maybe even WB. Right. Um because it, it made its way through a, a few different channels over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember, like, um, I even remember seeing it on, like, Toon Disney or something when we were at Disney one time. Like, it's popped up a lot in different places in uh, uh, syndication. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely bounced around. Yeah, it was on Toon Disney. It was on something called The Hub at one point. I don't even know what that is. Um, so it's, it's, it's been on a lot of different, uh, channels, but it originally aired on Fox in their Fox kids block. Right. Um, um but, um, we, um, eventually we got the entire series, um, on DVD because, uh, we wanted to go and rewatch it. Uh, I think it was you specifically was the one, uh, who, uh, took the initiative of like, I want to rewatch Batman the animated series and you, uh, bought them online. Yeah, I can't remember if I bought them or if I like put it on like a, a Christmas wish list or something. But yeah, I was definitely the one who's like, I want to watch these again. And I'm very glad um, that I did. Although you were the one who got to benefit from watching them on the DVDs. And I was the one who had made a free trial of DC Universe to watch it. Yeah, that that was the case this time. Um, so, yeah, um you know, we have experience, you know, with the series when we were younger. We 
reacquainted ourselves with it once we were a little bit older. Um, and here we are again, uh, watching it, um, watching the final episode. Um, so talking about this episode, the lion and the unicorn, um, we'd seen it before at least once. Um, was there anything that you remember, didn't remember from this episode, watching it again? I remembered that it was an Alfred centered story, but I couldn't remember how much Alfred, um, was like the protagonist of it. And I'm not sure if I was getting that mixed up with another episode or if I was confusing it even with a, uh, like an Adam West Batman episode in which Alfred is the one like leading the charge. Right. There's because an episode of Batman or two, the, the 60s show where he actually dresses up at Batman and drives the car. Yeah. So I'm maybe I was just getting confused with other, um, Batman shows or properties, but I, I thought that this was going to be Alfred all by himself solving a mystery or, or uh, a crime all by himself. But that's, that's not the case. So do you wish was it was just, that? Um, I mean, I don't think it needs to be. Uh, I think it's really cool that you get more of Alfred's backstory in this. Well, hints at it. And like every so often, Pam would be like, yeah, Robin, you have no idea what's going on. Alfred is more than a butler. <laughs> like you need to stop acting like he's, you know, just your servant, like chill. Right. Did, um, did you remember this episode that well? I remembered it a little more than you. I remembered that it was about Alfred being a former government agent, uh, that Red Claw, a villain who was introduced earlier, was the villain. Um, but that's kind of it. You know, and and I knew Robin was in the episode because this is from the Adventures of Batman and Robin portion of the series. Um, but there was, you know, the general plot. I wasn't um, super, you know, didn't recall right away. Um, I was talking about the uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin right away. Uh, or right. So when you watched it. Did it have the the new intro? Because they changed intros once they retitled the show. Yeah, it it had the new intro, which is just like a bunch of, of clips. Yeah, and that annoyed me because I love the original intro so much and think it's so iconic that I was really bitter and decided I had to watch at least another episode with the original intro because I could not. It's not that I the the clips of the the new intro is bad. It's just that. I love the first one so much that right. I don't see why they well, would that's, And that's it. interesting because the version on the DVD actually has the original intro, but hmm. an episode that I watched later had the, uh, the new intro. So that, that's sort of interesting. Um, I, I don't know why that is. Um, that's weird. Mm-hmm. but yeah, um, I didn't remember all that much f- about this episode. Um, I think the, really the, it's a very different episode for this series. Um, I think the biggest part is the fact that most of it doesn't take place in Gotham. Right. It takes place in London. It for takes the most place part. in London, particularly in an old castle. Right. Well, I guess that's, that's off the Scottish coast. So technically that's not London, but right. right. Um, but yeah, it takes place in, in the UK, which is different because there's definitely episodes in the series that took place 
um, in different um, cities or um, even on different in countries or different continents. But I don't remember one other than maybe uh, a Ra's al Ghul episode um, taking place so prominently somewhere else. Right. And it's just it's it's really weird for like all the henchmen that have British accents and to just like say everything in English slang and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was just, they really played up like the, um, the fogginess of, of London. Yeah. Which at at some point I was unsure if it was a, a bad conversion for the, uh, the, the DC universe episode that I was watching or if it was supposed to be that blurry, like, like, I guess it's supposed to look like this. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of film grain on this. I guess that's intentional. Uh-huh. Do you know if DC universe upscales it to HD or like the Blu-rays that came out? It was supposed to. Okay. I Cause I was watching on DVD. So that's standard definition. Um, but yeah. Um, I know I actually really enjoyed the setting change. And even just the plot of this episode where um, Alfred and Batman and Robin are trying to stop Red Claw from activating this missile that she's getting the code from Alfred and his uh, spy friend. It, it just it seemed like a plot from like a completely different show, but I was into it. It's more of a James Bond. Yeah, plot I was like, this is James Bond, uh, Mission Impossible kind of feel to mm-hmm. the episode. But you know, I think you know they were probably like, hey, this we're eighty five or what's seventy seven episodes in, we can try different things. Right, and I appreciate that, and I think it really works. Like it, it could definitely have been a jarring change of pace to, to have it send this new, this different location and have, I mean, Red Claw is by no means the most, uh, memorable or iconic. Mem- yeah. Yeah. She's not the most memorable or iconic villain. And I assume she has her basis in, in the comics, but I am not sure. Um, but it, it all works, uh, really well. And I think it is as strange as it can be to have someone like Batman, going in a different location other than Gotham, it works. It, it In some ways, it sort of reminds me of the uh, the sequence in The Dark Knight when he goes to China and the fact that, like, okay, he's clearly not supposed to be here, but somehow he still is able to make it work. Right, and I think because they use this medieval castle, it's still in keeping with the style of the series. There's, you know, a gothicness to it that, you know works really well right it, it still goes with the kind of art deco uh film noir which they combined in their terminology for it to call it uh was it dark dark deco um, dark deco yeah so it, it still has that dark deco vibe to it um even though it's not in gotham so it, it, it works um and i think you can definitely see they pushed more robin in it. i think just the fact that it kind of opens on robin just doing some uh, gymnastics uh, is this kind of a town like hey guess what it's a Robin episode but I know I think one of my favorite parts about the episode is how quippy Robin is he's got a very Spider-Man vibe to him in this yeah um, and definitely you know watch I watch some other episodes that are all just Batman he's definitely not like that um, I 
Batman will occasionally though he might end the episode on like a pun or something like that but usually like like I remember the Clock King episode is like you think he'll show up again he's like it's only a matter of time but like, he doesn't say it like in a cute way he says it in like like in a clever way but like but but yeah Robin is much more of a playful kind of character um and yeah um I think it's enjoyable um but at the same time I can also see for a kid I can see a kid really being into that I can also see like because uh this show actually I mean definitely now has an adult following um I think actually for a time they actually put it on um prime time because it was considered like so impressive for uh an animated series that they they thought adults would be into it it didn't do as well as they thought it would uh but i can yeah. no it, it ran against 60 minutes uh, that's that's just ridiculous uh, i mean i think they overestimated the popularity of the show um but um I can see in a, somebody older being kind of annoyed with Robin, just be like, no, it's like, it's Batman. It's serious. You know, some people like uh, their Batman, you know, really dark and, you know, broody. I guess, but for me, this is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite depictions of Robin, because I think it works and it takes elements from other um, depictions of Robin that I think work in their own way, but it does it better. Like it, he's more grown up than some versions of Robin. So he's, he's definitely, uh, he's in university, um, at this point. And so he's roughly around the same age as Robin is in Batman forever, but he's got still this like youthfulness to him that works. And he's a good foil for Batman so that, I mean, he's, I love Robin as a character. I love Nightwing. And I think this Robin works in a way that the Robin later introduced in the new Batman adventures is, is good. And I like Tim Drake in that, but it's just not quite as fun and memorable as, as Dick Grayson is Robin. Right. Um, yeah, but um, like you said, he plays off of, of Batman in this um and i think people's sort of perception if they haven't watched the animated series proper in a while is their perception of batman is colored a lot by his portrayal in later shows like justice league where because they wanted to have him work together with like superman and wonder woman like they really play up his like cynicism and like his broodiness like, mm. like he's more of, uh, he has more characteristics, I think, in, uh, uh, the, the regular animated series. He's more likely to actually crack a smile every once in a while. Yeah. Like, like you said, he's, he's not necessarily going around and making jokes, uh, but he, he's not above a pun and he is, you know, trying to, um, you know, there, there's something about this that he enjoys to some degree. Yeah, and um, it's not just all brooding the entire time. Yeah, no, but he still is definitely like there's that line in the Christmas with the Joker episode where Robin tells him, you know, 
you got to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And he says, I could never get past the title. Like, yeah. That's still so very in character with with Batman. Um, but yeah, he, he is, um, there's more to him. But, you know, I, I think this, like I said, that's just the way they were developing Justice League. They wanted to have the, the characters bounce off of each other in a certain way. Um, so we talked about the plot, which, like I said, I actually found really engaging with the whole, like, I don't know, maybe I just, you know, I like James Bond. I like spy stuff. So, like, I got to shoot down this missile and stuff like that. That was exciting for me. Um, Can I just say about the one thing I did not like about the episode is how I, I guess I wanted something a little bit more Alfred centered and how the the missile was stopped like I really wanted it so that Alfred like gave like a fake code that would have made it like explode over the ocean or something. Um, because I don't really get how Batman could just shoot missiles at it from the Batwing and it explode right next to Big Ben and everything be okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the idea is that with and I'm no you know missile technician, but like the uh, the detonators in the warhead and the warhead has to make a touchdown so if he shoots the missile and that blows up the warhead doesn't detonate but that's just my understanding of it i'm my understanding is that when you explode an explosive everything explodes yeah but so i don't what do i know um but yeah, but that, yeah i did i did it was just like it, it it's it comes down to him shooting it down which is like in a way did seem sort of anticlimactic that i was happy that they threw in one last surprise with uh Red Claw being in the Batwing, and he, he, she even taking off his mask for a second. You're like, oh, is she gonna see his identity? Yeah, that part was really exciting, and I that was one of the better uses of the uh, ejector seat that I've ever seen in something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but are you are you a little disappointed that this was the last Batman episode for? the original series um they went on to make a a new batman adventures do you wish that there had been more closure that they had actually made an episode that felt like the final episode the way they did with jackie chan maybe but i think it, it this show was so different in that it was so episodic like there there are a few storylines that go throughout the series but not any like really major ones like they 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 pop up in different arcs so like the big ones that come to mind for me are um harvey dent's arc um barbara gordon's arc but none of them that were like like a central story and so because it was so episodic i think they really could have ended anywhere um, so I'm fine with them ending on this, but I guess I would have liked a somewhat more definitive ending, but I don't know, because they did just make the new Batman adventures, um, after this, it's, it's kind of hard to judge. And I know for, for our sake of making this, a an anniversary podcast, we're considering this, the, the series finale, but I am not entirely sure how to view these two series. Like, like even within this series, since they changed the, the title in the middle of it. So like, 
It's it's a weird one. I don't, did you want it or would you have wanted a, a more definitive ending? Well, you know, it's based off of comic books and the story of Batman in the comics never ends, really. So, right. you know, we've had the only thing that really tried to put a definitive end on Batman uh, is like the Dark Knight trilogy tried to actually have some closure, which was like really different for a Batman property. All the other Batman stuff kind of just keeps going. I mean, I guess, right. um, I don't know, the Arkham trilogy also has some sort of, you know, uh, conclusion. Uh, but, um, but yeah, for the nature of comic books is for them to continue to go on. Um, right. But even if you think of the, the series that came from this, like the new Batman adventures, I don't think really has a definitive ending. And then it leads into justice league and it leads into, um, Batman beyond. Right. And yeah. Batman, it just, Batman beyond that, I mean, this was just the future episode. This, you know, this series was just what they, you know, the, the launching point for all those different shows, you know, you're forgetting obviously Superman, the animated series, which was like the next big project, alongside the new man uh batman adventures um and a and in a way this series did kind of have another episode in the movie sub-zero which was a um the uh four video movie with mr freeze which i think actually right. is weird because it's in the style of this show but i think they had already started the new batman adventures so that had its style, but it was uh, using the animation style from the old show. Right. Yeah, that is a bit odd. But, but you know, that's but, a movie. I wouldn't consider that to be the final episode. Right. And then is Mystery of the Batwoman... That, that's based off of the, the new Batman adventure style, Yeah, right? yeah. And then... Yeah, so... Um, for for our purposes, this is the final episode. Um, I did watch the actual like episode in the uh, production, last in production, Batgirl Returns, uh, and um, I didn't like it as much as this episode. But it's a nice little story about Batgirl trying to prove herself to Robin. Um, she has a fun uh, team up with Catwoman. Uh, mm. It's interesting because sort of like she has that youth and naive naivete and Catwoman has that, you know, you know, more mature outlook on things. But she's also a villain. So they they clash and stuff like that. It's a it's an entertaining episode. Um, um, And I'm glad that the next series uh, had more Batgirl because I think she's a fun character. Uh, but yeah, um, is there anything else you wanted to say before we talk about just the series in general? Was there anything else you wanted to say about the lion and the unicorn? Not, not particularly. Just, I, I'm always a fan of Alfred and I think that this Alfred is probably not my favorite version of Alfred. I, I think that still has to be. Uh, Michael Caine's Alfred is my favorite, but um, this is still a very good Alfred. He's just he's a little bit more uh, formal 
and, and less sentimental than the Alfreds I usually enjoy. But I still very much am a fan of any time Alfred can get a front seat of the action. Right. Um, and, you know, this Alfred, I don't know if there was any, you know, material in the comics before this. But this Alfred is sort of like the precursor in some ways to the uh, the Dark Knight Alfred or the Alfred in Gotham where he has like an important backstory before he was a butler. Um, I mean, they, they just made um, a particularly with Gotham, they made like a prequel series where it's all about him being a spy. The, the Pennyworth show. Yeah, the Pennyworth show. Is that supposed to be a prequel to Gotham? Or well, I didn't think it was related. I don't know if it's officially a prequel to Gotham, but it's from the same producer, so I don't know if it's in the same continuity. Okay. That show also confused me because it's on a channel called Epics, and I'm convinced that's not a real channel. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so that was The Lion, the Unicorn, the last aired episode of batman animated series but um also you know want to talk about this series overall um because we are such fans of it and it is such a a well-known and well-regarded series so aaron i know you watched a lot more episodes than i did in preparation for this podcast um of the ones you watched which ones uh stick out to you the most or which ones did you really find yourself enjoying um i really so i watched the the first poison ivy episode pretty poison i watched uh of some more episodes too but just talking about kind of has like an arc to it um i watched the two-faced two-parter and i really like what they do with harvey dent in this series where they develop him as a character before they turn him into the bad guy um like they very easily could have um just had him already been two-faced but this series I think very smartly um, dedicates an origin episode to most of its villains. Yes. Um, the only episode, the only one that we don't really get is the Joker, though we do kind of get one in the mass of the phantasm uh, movie. Right. Yeah, but yeah, and that, um, I mean that, also kind of serves as a Batman. Uh, Batman origin, yeah. Batman origin, yeah. But yeah, I was, you know, I just, I really like, I mean, Harvey Dent, I think, between this and The Dark Knight and comics like The Long Halloween, or even like just his short appearances and stuff like Batman Year One, I it's always been one of my favorite characters. Um, so I think they do a really good job um portraying him um they do something interesting where like he already sort of has split personalities before his accident um it's just they they sort of it comes out more after the accident uh i i was wondering though um so uh, one one of the parts of uh the uh, two-faced two-parters he goes and he sees a psychiatrist and mm. um psychology is like a kind of a big draw for i think a lot of people's interest in batman because so many of his villains 
have some sort of psychological, you know, um, tick or disorder or whatever. Uh, I, I do wonder though, that, um, especially now when I feel like, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, uh, when we're, uh, sort of, I think all of our mental health has probably taken a hit to a certain degree. Um, do you think, do you think like, um, having villains with, uh, with these kind of psychological issues, is it, does it sort of demonize them in a way that, you know, I think there've been people who said like, oh, you, you haven't, having people with mental problems as villains is, you know, sort of like it, it hurts the mental health discussion. I, I'm just curious what your impression of that is. That was just something I thought. It was something I thought about when we were talking about Hannibal. That is a good question. And I think it depends on how you look at it. Because part of what, uh, or one of the most notable locations in this series is Arkham Asylum. Um, and so just the idea of an of an asylum for uh, people with uh, mental illness is you know, a very outdated and um, pejorative way of looking at mental health. So there, there is a part of me that finds it a bit uncomfortable. Um, but I think it kind of takes itself away from that, knowing that so much of this is, I guess, movie psychology. Because even something like um, the split personality that Harvey Dent experiences is not really what we think of as split personality in um, the actual mental health field. And even like some of the other characters who you could um, technically say that they have um, like a personality disorder, it's it's not really quite the same as if you would say... Um, oh, this person has bipolar, or this person has generalized anxiety disorder, and we're using that to make them a bad guy. So it's, I, I think it's it's used more to kind of play up certain character traits and less to paint a picture of mental health being this uh, potentially demonizing aspect of them. Right, I'm um, like, um, for example, a, a character like the Riddler, who's uh, going to be a major villain in the next Batman movie. Um, he certainly does have a sort of obsessive need to prove himself, you know, smarter than Batman, but I, I, I don't know if I consider him obsessive compulsive. And I think it's, it adds more to his, you know, his sinisterness, his, uh, you know, you know, he, he thinks of himself as so smart. Uh, so I don't hmm. know if, I mean, they, again, they lump kind of everybody in except for like Catwoman and like maybe the penguin into the asylum. But, um, although I was surprised going to the episode or one of the episodes that both of us watched for this pretty poison. Um, it looked like at the end poison Ivy is placed in, um, not in Arkham, but in the, in Blackgate, the in black in the, in the prison. And you think, I think the big reason for that is, I don't know if they established Arkham by then and because they established Blackgate in that episode. So just to tie it up nicely, they have her in the prison that they introduced in that episode. 
Right. I think that's really the reason why they did it. Just because it, I mean, it gives her a good ending line about being buried underground and yeah. it has that, that parallelism. Uh, uh, that's Arkham a fun had, episode. Yeah. Arkham had been introduced before these in the Kristen with the Joker episode, which was the second one. Um, he breaks out of Arkham. All right. He, he, he shoots off in a giant Christmas tree singing exactly. the so, Batman smell song, which right. I, so, I, I actually love that a Batman property actually uses that song. Yeah. That it's, it's so on the nose in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the poison Ivy episode is fun. Um, I, I, I find it really funny that there, that Harvey, so like two face and poison Ivy dated and they, they make reference to that later in the series. Oh, I forgot they made reference to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think because this show is, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's not very serialized. It's it's mostly episodic. Having this interaction between them before Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face is pretty neat because it's so it's something pretty rare in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about other episodes, I know that was the only one you said you watched besides this one. Are there any other episodes that just stand out to you? I, you know, I watched Heart of Ice as well. That's was the uh, one of the uh, Emmy winning episodes for this series, um, which totally reinvented Mr. Freeze and turned him kind of into, I think, the writer's favorite character um, and a lot of uh, fans favorite villain. Mm. I mean, that episode definitely stands out. And I think... um... I think a few years ago for the site, we did a list of the best we did. Uh, Batman animated series episodes. I think I listed Heart of Ice as my uh, top one. Although I I remember even back then it was hard to pick one because I'm really torn between Heart of Ice and the Robin's origin story two-parter, uh, Robin's Reckoning, um, which also won an Emmy. Um, that won a, a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program. So... You know, there, there's some serious award buzz behind the show. And uh, I don't know, watching Heart of Ice again, like, did it stand up for you or hold up? Um, Yeah, I think, you know, I like the character characterization of Mr. Freeze a lot. You know, the, you know how he's very tragic. Um, he has a... Um, th- they really play up how uncaring he is of other people. You know, he's, he gives everybody sort of the cold shoulder. Uh, Literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think still think it's, um, I think maybe because we've seen it so many times now, like Mr. Freeze has been sort of a mainstay that it's not as like impressive, but like at the time, like I said, it completely reinvented the character. Right. Because something like Batman and Robin, uh, the, the movie with George Clooney, does try to adapt it more off of this much more than the original source material. So we've seen this adapt or this um, updated Mr. Free story um, in other places. But this being the first, it really was um, you know, really surprising and really effective. Right. Um, and I have to say, I do like the the Robin two-parter that you were mentioning where he tries to catch his parents' killer, um, which sort of also, you know, 
had its basis in the movies. They shifted it to Two-Face for Batman Forever, which we talked about a little bit um, when we talked about that in Batman Begins a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but I'm just trying to think of... Thinking of other episodes, um, the Ra's al Ghul episode, the two-parter for that, which I think is basically just lifted from the comics, the Demon's Quest, is a real standout. I do want to say one thing I like about DC Universe. So um, I don't have DC Universe uh, like for real. I just kind of made a, a trial so I could watch this show for a little bit. Uh, but one thing I really did appreciate about it is that it linked you to comics that were related to whatever you were watching. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it, and I when, heard it's going to become a comics only app. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. They're shipped. Um, so I, I, I'm assuming don't, don't, you know, quote me on it, but I think they're going to move Batman the animated series to HBO max along with everything else. I mean, that would make more sense in my opinion, but um, after the line in the unicorn, it, it linked me to a, a comic um, involving Alfred doing, I'm not sure if it was, you know, how similar it was to the actual episode, but it was something Alfred related. Alfred setting the table. Yes. Number, number one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is one thing I, I will say I do like about DC Universe and my limited experience with it. Um, yeah, And then Robin's Reckoning also remind me of uh, i can't remember of it you mentioned the long halloween what's what's after the long halloween what's that like the sequel oh dark victory uh, yeah it reminded me of dark victory a lot yeah yeah that um uh but yeah there there are some cool episodes uh we mentioned the one uh where two-face and uh poison ivy get to interact uh it's called almost got him where the uh villains talk about times that they almost killed Batman. Oh yeah. That's a good that's one. That's a fun one. Um, See, this is the problem. I can look through so many of these and say like, Oh, that's a good one. And that's a good one. There, there's and, one where I like mean, Bullock's Harvey Bullock, um, who's not featured in any of the episodes that, well, he, I guess he's featured in the poison Ivy episode, right? Yeah. But he doesn't, he says like three words. Yeah. But, um, there's like an episode where like he, somebody's like trying to kill him and then it turns out like it's his neighbor and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that one got nominated or won. actually that one won for, uh, yeah, it's called a well, bullet for Bullock. It's like yeah. takes place during the winter. It's like, it's mostly a Bullock centric, uh, episode that, uh, like it's all about, he's trying to find out who's trying to kill him and stuff like that. Batman's more of a mm-hmm. periphery character. It's a it was a fun episode, um, yeah. and it uh, won an Emmy for music direction and comp- composition. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a character. He was in Gotham, which I only watched the first season of, but I definitely they use him a lot in uh, Batman the animated series. Uh, he butts heads with Batman a lot. Um, mm. I would very much enjoy seeing him in. Um, the movies if they um but but i don't know they have so many plans for the movies now it's like we're gonna have like three different batman and it's so confusing so um but if they could bring harvey bullock and have him sort of be like in this show i would be happy but you know it would have to work right and i think 
one of the things that works best about him in this is the the feel of the show. And I know I never really got into Gotham. I only watched a few episodes. But one thing I initially liked about it was it sort of had the same noir um, setting to it. I feel like I gave up after a while because it stopped being so um, set on that. Or just, I don't know, that show was weird. Um, but I think uh, that Bullock works well in that kind of noir setting. Is like the, the disgruntled... Uh, detective who doesn't like that they're working with a vigilante, but right. who can't um, convince I think his boss that, otherwise. Um, Matt Reeves, the guy who's making uh, the Batman with Robert Pattinson, they were also trying to develop a uh, a, a GCPD uh, uh, show. I don't know. Yes, if... it's going to be on HBO Max. It's going to be like a like a prequel kind of series because the the Batman movie they're making is taking place during like year two of Batman's uh-huh. um, fight against crime. And that's going to take place during year one. So they, they might have Bullock in that. I'm, I'm unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything when you look at uh, Batman, the animated series, is there anything in particular you see from this show that you like you want the you know adaptations to come i mean they're already working on the batman movie so it's not like matt reeves is going to hear this podcast but (laughs) you know is there something you know any lessons or any elements from this show that you would wish they would incorporate um that's a good question because as, as you mentioned earlier like this series has gotten so many other things up and running um and and the influence of this show continues to be felt because if you look at the characters that were created just for this show one of the the most notable is um wow i just lost his name uh hartley quinn that harley quinn was from this show like before this she was never a comic character and she was so popular from this that she became a comic character and now you know since then she's um been in at least two movies and is going to be in um, another. And so the, this, I mean, definitely DC and Warner brothers have taken their cues from this show and learned lessons from it. Um, so I think you know, they, they should keep doing that. Um, I think they should have done that more when they decided who to cast as the Joker. Cause I don't know. I think, think I, I don't know how we've not mentioned this yet, but Mark Hamill, um, better known as Luke Skywalker you know, playing the Joker in this is iconic and probably one of the best Joker performances. It's hard to rank Joker performances, but um, it makes you wonder how they ever thought Jared Leto was going to be the Joker after something like this. <laughs> but, um, but to get to your question, I guess what I'd want them to do is to, I guess, play around with some different villains. These that's one of my favorite parts about this series is that it really goes through the rose gallery and tries to use it to its full potential. Um, Cause like even a character like the clock King is a very deep cut typically for Batman villains, but I really like his episode uh, his, his, his original episode in this and same with uh, the Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter is a very quirky character 
but he works really well in this show. So those those are the two things I guess I'd want the most. Um, I don't know, what about you? What, what do you think you'd want um, Warner Brothers and DC to take away from this series moving forward? Uh, I just think that they could, what they could take from this show is there's a difference between being mature. Like this show is considered pretty mature for a, an animated show that's still marketed at kids without you can be mature without being gruesome i don't know if they're going for an r rating for this batman movie i don't even know if i want them to um especially after re-watching something like hannibal i don't know if i need to see that <laughs> yeah because batman's not like wolverine he's not cutting people up um i mean certainly you could have some of the villains do some pretty nasty stuff but i i think that there is a level of maturity that doesn't have to be so, you know, you know, violent. And I mean, I, you know, if they're doing PG 13, they want to push the boundaries a little bit. I, I'm okay with that. But I, I think Batman's a character who can work in a more PG or even, you know, pushing G with, uh, Adam West, uh, material, you know, he's very malleable. Hmm. Yes, and I mean, oh, I there's think an that, episode we I've, we didn't mention the episode that Adam West guest stars in. Yeah, I, I thought about that one, um, but I guess I do want to to go to your point about how malleable Batman is as a character because this is what the third, fourth time we've talked about a Batman related property on this podcast. Uh, is it? I mean, we talked about Batman Begins and Batman Forever together. Uh, oh, we talked about Batman 89. 89. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, so we did a two part thing and that was because the anniversaries were so close together, but yeah, but yeah, those interpretation interpretations are so different. I mean, obviously this took a lot of cues from the Burton movies, but it's, again, it's not, it's not nearly like as violent or dark. It's still for kids, but it still has a lot of that, you know, Gothic style to it. Right. And it 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 doesn't get to the level of Tim Burton the, dark the, zaniness. The, the, the penguin doesn't bite some guy's nose in the middle, you know, of his like election campaign or whatever. Yes. Yeah, that oh man. I I know or, I'm not or, as or, or cat or cat, cat, cat woman are. put a taser in a guy's mouth and his head like fries off. Yeah. I know people I re- love Batman I re- Returns, but Batman I don't. Returns. It's an interesting movie. <laughs> it's not my favorite. It's I don't know. We we've we've mentioned it before on the pod, but it's 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 a strange one. It's a strange um, one. I think I think the best part about Batman the animated series is that it takes what worked from Batman eighty nine and it turns it into its own thing. Like it takes the the kind of film noir style, it takes the more mature tone, um, but it turns it into something that's still playful and fun without being Tim Burton-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it still has, you know, the influences from the Danny Elfman score, which is a wonderful. And I, I think I mentioned before that that opening, the original opening is so good. And I, 
am still a little bitter that they changed it um, halfway through there near the end of the series just because they wanted to make Robin's name more prominent, which I get. But also, no, when you when you have perfection, don't change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Any I don't know, any other thoughts? I feel like <laughs> maybe this is not the, the first or last time we've done this, but for a a podcast about Batman. I feel like we talked more about every other character besides Batman. I mean, Batman's great. Kevin Conroy is iconic um, as Batman. Uh, I, I love how his voices are very distinct as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is. Kevin Conroy obviously is is reprised the role several times for, like you mentioned, the Arkham games earlier. Um, he's done a few other animated uh, movies as Batman, and he he's just perfect in the role. And it's 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 hard to rank uh, Batman performances, and I know I've had us do it before. I'm not going to make us do it again. Um, but in terms of who I think of when I consider Batman, it's it's almost always Kevin Conroy and and Christian Bale are the the top two. And I know everyone has their own kind of favorite Batman, but for me, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman without question. Like when I'm reading a comic and Batman's featured in it, it's Kevin Conroy's voice I hear. Yeah. That, and that's, uh, I, I, you would probably be, you find a lot of people who would say like Batman animated series is like their definitive version of, you know, the character or of just the world of Batman. But, you know, again, it's all up to interpretation. If you like, if you like Ben Affleck the most, yeah, huh? yeah. I mean, to to each their own, I guess. Uh, you know, Batfleck is not my favorite, but I think he's fine. Like, I think the uh, <laughs> the initial uh, you know reaction to that was overblown. Uh, one one thing I do want to say about this show's portrayal of Batman is that I really appreciate how much of a detective he is in this. In that. In more recent adaptations, I feel like we haven't seen so much of Batman's detective side as much as just he's this guy with all these gadgets who can really beat people up. But there's a lot of detective work done by Batman in this series, and it really sets him apart as opposed to just someone who's going around and, you know, using his wealth to to beat up people <laughs> like it. There's a real sense that, like, no, he's he's the person who is fit for this job and he's doing it. Um, because no one else can rather than just he's got anger issues. He needs to punch something. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I hoping we'll get more of that in the Batman stuff. We're going to get um, in the next couple of years. So, yeah, I, I think we'd be happy to or I'd be happy to see that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so wrapping up, uh, is there anything that you are working on that, uh, our listeners can look forward to? Yeah. So I am finishing up my couch potato, my monthly column for the pop break, um, at the moment. So hopefully that'll be posted on the site soon. Um, and recently I just recorded my monthly TV, um, wrap up or tv podcast with um bill and alex on the favorite things we've been watching and on some series trends uh 
or on some television trends. Uh, we, we talked about the end of The Walking Dead. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't care about The Walking Dead, so I didn't really have much to contribute to that. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I have going on. Um, and, and if anyone wants to find anything else from me, they can find me on Twitter, at Josh Um Aaron, do you have anything in the works? Um, I might have a review coming up. Uh, you know, I don't want to say anything, unless, you know, it might not happen, but I think it will. Um, and then uh, I'm still working on podcasts for you and me to do uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, I've done some scheduling for that. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, if you want to see anything I have to say, um, it's mostly just stuff that I write. Um, you can put, uh, look me up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Sarnecki. Uh So yeah, our, both our Twitter handles are very easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can spell our last names yeah and if you want to follow the pop break it's at popbreak.com with dot com spelled out uh on twitter um but yeah um you can just check out the pop break for a bunch of other stuff uh we have movie reviews and tv reviews constantly um joshua mentioned some of the podcasts he'll be doing um and yeah just plenty of other stuff uh in the future Yeah. So uh, until next time, um, this was the Anniversary Brothers podcast reminding you to never leave home without your um, bat spray shark repellent. <laughs>